So if, if you have single friends that you still, you know, hang out with and they don't respect your marriage, then those probably are people you don't want to hang out with. And like you said, vice versa, if you have married friends that don't respect their own marriage, hmm. then you definitely need to steer clear because you will find yourself in those situations that I just described where I said, what did I say? If you don't put yourself in that situation, you don't have to worry about how you'll react. You don't got to worry about it. But if you are hanging out with people that don't respect your marriage, then you will find yourself in situations where you're like, oh, wait, now what do I do? You didn't because have to you be don't, there to begin with. Most people don't have enough guts. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Most people don't have enough guts to walk away from a situation. They don't. Most people, that's why peer pressure is so real, right? From the time we're freaking elementary age children, we succumb to peer pressure because we don't have enough courage to walk away from situations that we know are wrong. Welcome back to the Naked Proverbs podcast, where we unclothe the truth about black love, family, and marriage. My name is Nick Scott, one of your hosts, and I'm here with my husband. What's going on? It's your boy, Rich. And today, we're going to talk about them entanglements. Ooh, that sounds juicy. Right at the start of every episode, we always remind you that we are not trained, licensed, or professional therapists or counselors. We have been married for 19 years, and Naked Proverbs is our platform to share our stories, our advice, our experience, and our opinions. If you haven't already, make sure you're following the Naked Proverbs on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on. And if you like what you hear, make sure you show us your love and support by stopping by iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. Thank you to all of our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in and I hope that you're sharing these great episodes with someone. Statistically speaking, one out of every four men will have an affair. That's 25 percent. 25%. Mm-hmm. And 15% of married women will have an affair. Mm-hmm. So that's not quite the same. Mm-mm. But to me, they're both very damaging numbers. And what I mean by that is those numbers are very damaging to marriage or they can be. Um, it was very interesting, uh, eye opening as I started to do some research. Cause you know, I like to look at numbers and see what the numbers say. Right. And another number that was even, I think more shocking to me was that it said that 20 in America, extramarital affairs, 20 to 40% of heterosexual married men, and 20 to 25% of heterosexual married women will have an extramarital affair during their lifetime. Does that classify what an extramarital affair is? Because I think when we say affair, most people automatically assume sexual affair, like intercourse. Right. And, and it didn't break it down, but I think that that's a great point that you bring up, um, you know, when people think of entanglements, affairs, um, I think everybody immediately thinks sexual intercourse. But the truth is you can have an affair emotionally with someone. Mm-hmm. We've kind of talked about this a little bit on an earlier episode about the emotional attachments that one spouse or another can 
have with someone outside of their marriage. And we also discussed how that is a little bit more challenging to identify. Uh, I think that when we were talking about it, it wasn't so much in, in an affair status. It was more of friendships of the opposite sex. Right. And the challenges that can arise. Mm -hmm. But I would say that emotional affair is pretty clear, kind of like a sexual affair. Because if you are sharing and giving and spending time with someone that's not your spouse in a way that you're not doing that with your spouse and you are hiding it and you are because I would say that, you know, something's not right. You know that you are sharing more of yourself with someone else than you are with your spouse emotionally, that it could be it, it should be pretty clear. It, it shouldn't be this gray area. And I think that that's the thing. Um, it's so easy to say, well, that was a sexual affair. So that's very it's easy. clear to see. Uh, but it's it's like, well, I'm not really sure. Was that an affair? Yes. You know, if like I said, if you are hiding stuff, hiding text messages and doing telling your, your spouse you're going to Walmart and you actually with this other person in even if it's just, well, we just had lunch together. Well, how come you couldn't share that with your spouse? If you are hiding it, then there's more to it. That is a great point. It is the intention behind the action. And I, I don't know if I totally can get on board with, you know, when you're having an emotional affair, because I don't like who is the one that calls it an, an emotional affair? Is it the person who is engaged in the action or is it the spouse who is left out of the action so to speak like who is that determiner or is it the other party who's involved i mean if you're lying if you're hiding if you're sneaking if you're not totally transparent and honest then you shouldn't even have to ask that question you should like if you feel like you have to hide like your husband or wife doesn't even know about this other person so it's not like because I think a lot of times uh, emotional affairs can be found more in women. And the reason I say that is because there's that emotional connection and need that women have. Not saying that men don't have that. But if you find yourself with your coworker and y'all working late every night and it's just, you know, it's, it's kosher, it's good, right? But. The next thing you know, now you're having dinners at his house, but you're telling your husband you're still working late at work and nothing's happening physically, but you're just sharing about your day or you're talking about the kids or you're talking about the stressors you have in your life. And those are things that you should be doing with your spouse and you're not. Then to me, it's pretty clear. You're listening to the Naked Proverbs podcast with Rich and Nick Scott. If you like what you're hearing. Show your support by becoming a patron. All of our patrons receive exclusive benefits like behind-the-scenes content, access to bonus audio, and Naked Proverbs merchandise. To learn more and to become a patron, visit the Naked Proverbs Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash Naked Proverbs. So then... I guess my question is still like, who is calling it an affair? Because obviously the person... I, if the person you're hiding, being hurt, if you're okay, I, I would say that if I found out those things were happening in your life and, you know, because it's just like an affair, it comes to light some kind of way. Right. Mm -hmm. Somebody reached rich, man. I saw your wife at 
Long John Silver's with this guy. Long John, first of all, if he's taking me to Long John Silver's, I don't care if he's a friend or not. That right there is the first problem. Okay. Well, he they see you somewhere, wherever, or okay. me, vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. And it comes to one of our attention. And what I told you was I was going camping. Mm-hmm. Or you told me that you were working late. And somebody's like, well, I saw your wife at, you know, Shanahan's mm-hmm. having dinner mm-hmm. and it you know I'm, I'm not trying to put no you know salt in, in in your life but and I think that at that point then it's just like a normal affair it's come to light right there were some lying there was some misdeeds and then how it happens after that I think is going to decide more so exactly like when when I when you come to me and ask me or I come to you and ask you Mm -hmm. and you just keep going down this rabbit hole of lying Mm -hmm. instead of coming Mm -hmm. out with the truth yeah then I would say that's an emotional affair yep 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 you're definitely emotionally attached I just want to be very clear with our listeners because that is a very slippery slippery slope physical affairs is easy like you know exactly when to say when you now I can definitely you know when you getting hot and heavy and wet and things are happening and things are hard and pushing up against each like you know when to say when and you know when things are about to happen I don't care what adrenaline is going on I don't care how drunk you are how high you are you know when you're about to enter and engage in a physical affair an entanglement in an entanglement emotionally it's not that easy it's because I, I would argue that most emotional affairs start off as innocent meetings of the minds and I think to me that's why I say I think emotional affairs are so much more dangerous and can be more damaging because I don't they, know. they've had time to build They've had like you've began to possibly start to have feelings for someone else and you don't even realize that you're having these feelings until you. I mean, because I think an emotional affair can definitely lead to a physical affair. Absolutely. And so to me, it's like, you know, you could be walking along and this is just your good friend that you've known since forever. Mm-hmm. Since and, middle school. Right. And y'all are just sitting on the couch talking and laughing and just being friends like you've always been, even though now one of you is married. Or both. Or both. And your spouses are understanding that, you know, that you have a friend of an opposite sex and y'all been friends since forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be one of those moments where you're like, you know, my spouse is just not doesn't seem like they're into me. They're always preoccupied. And because to me, that's part of what creates that affair is they are offering you something that you feel you're not getting. Would you say that? I, I don't know why people cheat. I think. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a professional counselor <laughs> or therapist. Well, we said that at the beginning, but I, I honestly don't know. I'm talking specifically about physical affairs. I do understand and can can see how an emotional affair can take place. I don't necessarily feel that it's more dangerous than a physical affair because they are both betrayals. A betrayal is a betrayal is a betrayal is a betrayal. And the process of grieving your what you thought was your marriage is going to be the same, in my opinion, as 
if it was an emotional affair or a physical affair. But like I said, I don't know why people cheat in the first place. I have heard that people say that they cheat because there was something missing or there was just a small area of opportunity for this other person to fill a void or a gap or this person made them feel a certain way that they I I don't I personally don't understand um, entanglements. I mean, I don't think that like there's a excuse for or a reason or what's the you know, reason though i think that people have a lot of reasons and mm-hmm. like i said that's why it's not something you can put a pin in and say this is the reason yeah there are probably hundreds or thousands of reasons that therapists have heard people come and give them for why <laughs> they started an emotional or physical affair right and maybe statistically they've narrowed it down to the top 20 things i don't know but what i am saying is i think that just because you're like, well, I don't think there's a reason or I, I, could, I don't have any reason in my mind. Well, I just they, don't understand they, they it. Happen, they've happened and they've continued to happen through centuries of mm-hmm, marriage. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't something new. This isn't something, you know, that just happened. I mean, Adam and Eve probably was messing around. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, well, the person that did it, there was a reason that they did it. And I think that that's part of the healing process is you have to have conversations around that no matter how hard that conversation may be, no matter how much that conversation you don't want to have it or might hurt to hear. Because I think that, like I said in the beginning, this isn't about, well, they had a right to have an affair because you weren't having sex with them or you weren't asking them about their day. So they had a right to go create. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is they have a reason in their mind, in their head for why they did what they did. I think it's the opportunity was there again, speaking specifically about physical affairs. The opportunity was there. It happened. And when there are discussions about the affair, I would say that the person who is engaged in the entanglement, they would always say it's something that the other person wasn't doing or wasn't giving or wasn't saying or wasn't making them feel. So in my opinion, in, in, a, in a situation like that, it's like, well, you did something or you didn't do something. And this led me to go have an affair, whether it's emotional or physical. It's because of the lack in this area because of you is why I did that. And I, I just can't get on board with that because I feel like as grown people who are married, who full well know what they're doing in in a giving moment, especially when it becomes a sexual situation, you have the 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 power in any moment to say no, to stop, to leave, to change the narrative. So for people to to slip and to fall but into I, these situations. I don't situations. think that's what people are saying, though, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm not, like, I'm not, you're, I think you're taking it from the mindset of you had an affair and you're like, oops. There's some people that have yeah. affairs and are like, shit, I had an affair. Yeah. Yes, and I had an affair because you know what? You work till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock every night. I, we don't have a marriage. We don't have a relationship. You're never around. I brought up my concerns to you. You don't hear what I'm saying. And you know what? I was, I bumped into somebody randomly and then it led into us having an affair. But it's not like you just wake up one day and be like, I'm going to have an affair today. 
And I think that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not justifying it, but what I'm saying is I would say that any marriage where there has been an affair, there was something bigger in that marriage that needed to be addressed that wasn't addressed. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I think the, the bigger discussion, why you have an affair, why you cheat, whatever, I don't get it. You know, we'll never agree on this one. But what happens after the affair? Does it have to be the end of your marriage? What is the deal breaker, right? Like, well, if he or she cheats, then I'm done. Is that the way it should be in a marriage? Well, I think even before that, though, when we talked about the statistics earlier, Mm -hmm. every marriage doesn't have an affair. So how do you even avoid it to begin with? Right. What are some things that you can try to do in your marriage? And I don't think there's a foolproof way Mm -hmm. again, because, you know, there are so many random reasons that people say they stepped out. Just be like me. You'll never have an affair. What's that? Uh, very well aware of what you're doing, where you are, who you're talking to. Set some standards and some boundaries and some thresholds around your relationships and respect your marriage and your spouse enough to know that if I do this, sliding into somebody's DMs, meeting people when I'm supposed to be other places, and when I know that these things would hurt me, why would I hurt that person in that way like treat your spouse the way that you would want to be treated like get on your high horse raise your moral compass and be real with yourself like that's how you prevent an affair like you're like you know what I find this man attractive he is oh he is so fine he made me wet he makes me wet like every time he come around I am like oh boy then why are you continually being around this man Unless it's like, even if it is a coworker, you can still set boundaries, you can still have standards, and you can still have parameters around how you engage and interact with that person. Well, I think that was a great explanation (laughs) of how do you avoid an affair? I mean, I mean, because, you know, you just kind of say, well, act like me. But I think that you gave some great examples, uh, some great advice. I remember when I was in college. Uh, there was this Kappa and there's always Kappas in my life. But anyway, there was this Kappa <laughs> and he said something to me that I was kind of like, what? And it took, I'm gonna be honest. It took me some years to truly fully understand what he said and what he meant. But he basically said such a simple phrase. If you don't put yourself in a situation, you don't have to worry about how you're going to react in the situation. Period. And like I said, it took me some years to grow into and under, fully understand that because I think it's it's one of those comments kind of like, well, you should love your wife like Jesus loved the church, mm-hmm. right? It's an easy comment, but until you fully understand and pull it apart and really dig deep to uncover what that truly means, you can never truly do what that simple phrase says. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, it's it's as simple as, If a group of single friends want to go out and go to the strip club and go drinking, that doesn't mean that I have to avoid doing those things. Mm -hmm. But it also means that I have to remember that I am married. So there is a line that shouldn't be crossed no matter who I'm with, no matter what we're doing. Because if if your friends, single or married, don't respect your marriage, then they probably shouldn't be your friends. Their marriages. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But I'm saying if, if you see it, because I was assuming these are people that aren't married. I said single friends. Oh, okay. So if, if you have single friends that you still, you know, hang out with 
and they don't respect your marriage, then those probably are people you don't want to hang out with. And like you said, vice versa, if you have married friends that don't respect their own marriage, Hmm. then you definitely need to steer clear because you will find yourself in those situations that I just described where I said, what did I say? If you don't put yourself in that situation, you don't have to worry about how you'll react. You don't got to worry about it. But if you are hanging out with people that don't respect your marriage, then you will find yourself in situations where you're like, oh, wait, now what do I do? You didn't because have to you be don't, there Because most people don't have enough guts. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Most people don't have enough guts to walk away from a situation. They don't. Most people, that's why peer pressure is so real, right? From the time we're freaking elementary age children, we succumb to peer pressure because we don't have enough courage to walk away from situations that we know are wrong. And especially when it involves ourselves. So let, I mean, play out the scenario. You have two people that are physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, whatever, attracted to each other in a room. They're together. They start feeling, touching, kissing, licking, whatever's going on. One of those or both of those people are married. When it gets to a point with the people who have affairs, not the ones that are intentionally carrying out relationships with other people, because those are two different things, right? If you are in a situation and you find yourself and you're like, I would never have an affair. And then you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this just happened. This could never happen again. <laughs> like your ass should have got your naked, butt ass naked, butt up, out the bed, out the couch, off the floor, wherever the hell, out the car, wherever the hell you are. We got Uber and everything else and left. Like that is how serious it is to me. For me, it is cut and dry. Keep your damn legs closed unless it's for your husband. And men, don't you be sliding that hard ass D up in nobody unless it's your wife. Like it's that simple to me. Like it is it is so clear to me. So even if you somehow find yourself in a situation, have the guts and the courage to leave, to leave. All right, so you gave some great advice on how to avoid them. (laughs) What's your advice on how to work through them? How to work through them. First of all, well, y'all can see that I'm very passionate about this, right? Because I am passionate about marriage and I really feel like an affair is the ultimate betrayal in a marriage. More than money situations, I feel like affairs can really damage a marriage, not just in the sense of trust, but in the connection that you have with your spouse. So the first step for me is for the person who is engaged in the affair to admit it and to be honest and real with themselves, with themselves first, because if you can't be honest and real with yourself, you cannot be honest and real with your spouse. Like if you get caught in an affair, your first reaction shouldn't be like, nah, it wasn't me. <laughs> Right? What was that uh, that rapper that used to always sing that song? Yeah, like that should not be your first reaction. You should be like, damn, you right. And if you're sorry, be truly sorry. Don't put this person on your timeline like, well, it's been two years since this happened and you still mad. Yes, I am still mad. Like if you want this to work out, then you have to allow that person to grieve and to heal in their own time. Like you have no idea the damage that you could do to a person by having an affair on them, by cheating on them. 
So Come Clean is definitely, I think, a top on the list. And then I think you have to be honest. Like as you are moving towards forgiveness and towards, you know, a happier marriage or a better place, you have to be honest. And there may be some questions that are asked of you that you aren't comfortable answering. There may be some requests that are made of you that you aren't comfortable with. That's good. Can you give an example? Like if somebody. What? I didn't have no example. Oh, so. (laughs) Well, I, I really like that. Like I felt that when you when you said that, I really felt that. So let's say somebody let's say I get caught cheating. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, you know what? Don't you lock your phone? Matter of fact, oh, you can't mm-hmm. even have a phone. I want all the passwords to your social media. You need to turn on your location. Like those are things you're those saying. Those requests, right. That could be asked of your spouse that has been cheated on. That I think that if you really want to have healing and really want to move forward in your marriage, then you need to be open to that. And I think it goes back to what you said earlier, because I think a lot of people will say, well, it's been two years. It's been six months. It's been five years, whatever. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. need to get over it and let's move forward. But no one can really say how someone should react to something like that. So to me, because it's, it's easy to play the part of I'm sorry that's for good. three months, that is good. for two months, yep. for six months, yep. uh, maybe even up to a year. I would say it's easy to play that part, right? Mm. But if you aren't really serious about changing your behavior and aren't really serious about making your marriage work, then you're not going to last the storm of what you've created. You're not going to last the storm. You've, you've created this storm that you won't be able to last through because the truth is you really don't want to. But if you have done damage in your Mm. marriage and you really want to see your marriage flourish again, then you are going to do whatever it takes, whether that's one year, 20 years. You are going to do what it takes to make your marriage great again. So it does not have to be the end of your marriage. No. And if you're sorry, be sorry. Don't be a serial cheater. I'm not. I, I don't agree that once a cheater, always a cheater. I think that there are like categories of people. I think there are men and or women who can be categorized as cheaters. Like they ask, this is just cheaters, period. But I also think that there are men and women who make mistakes. And I think that the couple has to determine, I've spent a lot of time talking about the cheater and not the person who's been cheated on, but the person who's been cheated on has to assess and really, I guess, dig deep within themselves and understand their and see their spouse's heart. And are they a cheater or are they a person who cheated? Because those are two different things. And I would also say for the person who's been cheated on, you do have some culpability in it. Now, I say that with a pause because yeah, because I don't match what you said earlier. No, it. Do, how does that not match? I said I don't understand how people could cheat. Okay, but what else did I say? I thought you said something different, but I guess I was wrong. I mean, maybe I. I, well, I don't know. We'll have to run the replay. Mm. Um, 
I, I may have said something around it's not the, the other person's fault. Like it's not right. my fault mm-hmm. that you cheat. But I do feel like there is some responsibility in keeping your house, your house, your spouse and your house, I guess, um, happy. And what does that happiness look like? Because there is if the person is saying, well, it's your fault and you're like, how is it my fault? Because nine times out of 10, I will say that a spouse can come up with a rebuttal for every single situation that you say is your fault. But if your spouse cheated and it wasn't an accidental cheating like it's a full-blown affair there has to be some discussion and there has to be some responsibility taken on both sides and i think you know along with that you know kind of going back to one of the things you said um is that you should both seek counseling uh individual as well as you know couples counseling because you might discover there are some things, and and I say, prof- I don't know if I said this, but I'm going to professional counseling. Not your pastor. I'm not talking about your pastor who ain't ever had no type Didn't even of go to training. College. I'm not talking about the first lady. No. Who went through it because her husband cheated on her. No. I'm not talking about your mama who Mm-mm. you didn't know, but your daddy cheated on her. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking a professional licensed marriage, marriage and family therapist yeah counselor like and, and in our community we can really act like we're afraid to open those doors because we think pandora's box might be back there but do not be afraid to go get counseling if you really want to see your marriage work but if you're open enough to go talk to your pastor who doesn't even have a college degree let alone a license in counseling if you're open enough to go talk to them why wouldn't you be open enough to go talk to a therapist well you know one thing i've heard because I have, you know, counseled couples before. Uh, I do have a degree in psychology. Uh, so, you know. But so I'm you not, have a college education. So I do have a college education. <laughs> and it does have, you know, a little bit to do with understanding the human, you know, how behavior. humans behave. Mm-hmm. behave. But uh, I'm not licensed. So I would say that what I have found is that a lot of times couples, especially when there's been an affair, one of the couples wants someone that's going to agree with them and the other couple wants someone that's going to agree with them like they want to get counsel from someone that's going to see you know what rich you're right man your wife she sucks she she wasn't a good wife you should have been out there messing around yeah well nick let's focus on you instead of focusing on rich Uh or vice versa Uh and i've seen that so often that it actually it prevents them from being able to move forward because they literally are in a place where they're really not seeking help. They're seeking validation validation for their choices. Because like you just said, there may be something that I did that caused you to step out. Even if it's small. Right, even if it's small. It doesn't have to be a big thing. But if I am not there for you emotionally, and I haven't been there for you emotionally, like maybe I was in the beginning, and you need that. You are someone that needs that emotional connection and you find yourself having an emotional affair, then I'm like, well, I want to find a counselor that's just going to eat you a new one because you <laughs> wrong. you shouldn't have did it. Instead of me saying, well, let's find a counselor that's going to help both of us identify and fix the things that caused this, as well as help us understand how to work through it, how to heal from the pain that's been caused. Well, let's be clear. Somebody's wrong and somebody's right in a situation of an affair period and usually it's the person who is doing the cheating 
they're the wrong party. I said, usually, because sometimes, like I said before, the other spouse does have some, some culpability in it. Because if you're saying, well, we didn't have enough sex and you're like, we have sex twice a day, seven days a week. Like how much more sex do you need? Or that sounds good though. Or if you're like, well, we used to sit on the couch and watch movies and now we don't watch. What are you talking about? We just watched a movie last night. You know what I'm saying? So in my opinion, it's the therapist, the professional therapist, the licensed therapist job to help you unpack that. Like they have been trained in this area. Right. And make sure you do some research on your therapist, people, because if your therapist has a marriage that's all over the place, then you don't need to be seeking counseling from them either. Like that there's no reason for you to by. be at Steve Harvey asking him Ooh. about marriage when he's on his fifth marriage. Did you there's no reason for Steve? you to be reading Steve Harvey's book about how to have a great marriage when he's on his 15th wife. Like. I'm, I'm just being real because I think, unfortunately, there are so many people out there that are celebrities or, you know, in, in the media or in your social media that people jump on these bandwagons of, ooh, they figured it out. Ooh, they Steve are. Steve Harvey the, ain't figure nothing out except how to be Steve Harvey. Like, and I think that that's unfortunate that we don't play. Like, I look at it like this. Would you go to someone that's bankrupt and ask them how to build wealth? Well, no. what if they've accumulated and amassed wealth? No, that's not what I just said. We're not talking about no what ifs. I'm telling, I'm being, I like, why would you go to someone that hasn't accomplished what you want? My, my line brother said that one time. He was talking about all these people that wanted to help him invest and build. Uh, and he said, man, I got people that don't have $50,000 in their bank account trying to tell me how to manage my million dollars. Like, how does that even work? Like, how are you going to tell me how to manage a million dollars when you can't manage 25? How are you going to tell me how to be a better husband when you're on your 10th marriage and you're unhappy? Maybe you, you're on took, the verge of being on your 11th. Maybe it took 10 times to get it right. But I'm not saying that's not what I'm saying. Well, I'm not saying the person that's on their 10th marriage and they're getting it right. I'm saying you getting advice from the person that's on their 10th marriage <laughs> about to be on their 11th. Okay. I see what you're saying. Like there's a big difference between those two examples. And let's be clear. Steve Harvey does not have a license in marriage and family therapy. So. And then, you know, uh, back on our list of how do you work through it? You have to be transparent as the person that was the doer. And what I mean by that is kind of some of the things you talked about, you know, hey, phone check. I want to see your phone. Give it up. Like it, I just look at it like this. If you want to be married after having an affair, you can, because there are plenty of successful marriages out there where there was infidelity in the marriage at some point. Mm -hmm. But it requires work. It doesn't just happen. And getting uncomfortable. It, yes. Because your marriage will not grow if you stay comfortable. If you feel some level of discomfort, then you probably should just go, go on and lean into it and get comfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, because you have to rebuild that trust that has been broken. And it's going to take longer than it did when y'all was dating and you was just trying to get her to like you or vice versa. Like it's going to take some real work to rebuild the trust in your marriage. This topic is so big. It is like it is such a big topic. Even in this one episode, we talked about emotional affairs. We talked about the accidental affairs. We talked about the serial cheaters. We talked about the ones who out there got whole separate families. Dang, yeah, them people exist. <laughs> that's like real. I thought that was the movies, but that's real. They exist in most people's families. Mm -hmm. Like some people are products of that. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And this topic is just so big and it's so heavy. It we need more than a half an hour to unpack everything that has to do with entanglements. And I mean, maybe we can have, you know, episode two next week. Uh, because I don't like doing like weeks in between and then six months later we come back and talk about this subject again because we haven't even as as many jokes as I've made about the word entanglement. We haven't even addressed that. Right. Mm-mm. There are people that choose to have open marriages that create mm-hmm. these types of things. That's, and I think that, you know, we can discuss this more. And we need to talk next about week's that episode. We definitely. definitely need to talk about that. In the past, people would have said that's not something that happens in the black community. open marriages and swingers in this day and age it is plaguing our black communities and it's playing out in ways that is so look i agree with you we need to definitely have a i don't know part two part two that sounds so boring we'll have to come up with something a little more creative than part two entanglement number two (laughs) we'll call this one wheel and call the other one Jada. Jada. Does that work? Okay. So this is the Will episode. This is Will because I'm pissed. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about Jada next week. We're going to talk about Jada. So y'all stay tuned. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Naked Proverbs podcast. We truly want you to have a happy marriage. We want you to thrive in your marriages and indulge in your spouse, not nobody else's spouse your spouse on a regular basis don't forget to follow the naked proverbs on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on and we will talk to y'all in the next one peace